Hey, Chris. It's good to have you tonight. Come on in, find a seat. Happy November 1st. Yeah, okay, so I, I, need, I need some transparency right here, all right? I need some transparency and some honesty. How many of you, because it snowed the other day, put Christmas stuff up? Anybody? Yeah, I thought, see, some of you guys, I knew it was going to happen. Get some snow, and here comes Christmas trees. Anyway, but happy November 1st. We, we at least made November. So, uh, hey, it's good to have you. A uh, couple things real quick. Don't forget, this coming Sunday, right after church, if you are saying that this is your church home, but you haven't gotten involved in church yet, Next Steps is happening right after church Sunday. It's a time for us to get to know you. You get to know us. We can tell you information about the church. It's also the gateway into serving in the church. So if you're interested in Next Steps, please sign up at the back. Uh, that way you know how many people are coming. We'll get some food after church. We'll just be together for an hour or so once we start. But just uh, talk a little bit about the church, uh, what we're about, how we do business here at the church, structure of the church, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's important if you're wanting to make this your church home that you come to Next Steps. So anyway, sign up for that. And uh, don't forget, this coming Saturday, don't forget the time change happens, all right? We, we fall back, remember? I, how many of y'all hate the time change? Anybody? Well, tough. It's happening anyway. So change your clock on Saturday. And, and be, so if, you, if it falls back and you come on the old time, will you be here early for church, right? Okay, change, don't change your clocks, all right? Come early for church Sunday and, and pray until we all get here. Anyways, no, kidding. How about we stand up on your feet? Let's uh, worship Jesus together tonight. Call the name. 
like giving up. I've been there. I've felt like giving up before. I just want you to be bold and raise your hand. If you've ever felt like it's not worth it, I can't do it. We can't do it on our own strength. But because he is good and he fulfills his promises, that's how we can do it. Because he is strong because he first loved, because he keeps his promises. And I just, I feel like I'm supposed to pray over you guys tonight. Lord, I pray that you would send the comforter tonight. Knowing that in our weakness, you are made strong. that you open up doors that no man can open, that you still heal the sick, Father, that you can relieve the plagued mind, that anxiety and fear have to go in the name of Jesus, that the least in your kingdom has more authority than anyone that is in darkness. We just ask for your strength tonight, God. We ask for you to come, Lord, knowing that we can't do it on our own, Father. Just come and meet us, Lord, right where we are. Come and fill us up, Lord.
strong, that we can depend on you, Father, knowing that you have seen the end from the beginning. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He's good. He is so, so good. Well, we're so excited to have you here with us tonight. If you could, just go around and greet some of your family of faith. And kids, you are dismissed. Letting everybody get their kids checked in downstairs and get back up here. Join us again, but we're glad to have you with us. Live streamers, wherever you're watching from, just say hello on the live stream. It's good to have you. My hope, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and song another old hymn yeah oh go finish it you don't remember yeah where's your hope at don't put your hope in money don't put your hope in stuff like alcohol that's going to get you nowhere Don't put your hope in success. Don't put your hope in certain outcomes of life. Things that you hope, you know, happen. Well, I really like to see this happen. That'll make me happy. Put your hope in Jesus. And when your hope is in Jesus, then you long for the great hope is his return when he's going to fix all this mess. And our eternity with him is then secure. Amen? Let's raise our hands up. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you. 
our hope is bound up in you, Lord. For you are good, you are wonderful, you are true. My goodness. Oh, Jesus. Declare, that, declare to him tonight that he is your hope. Just tell him that. Lord, you are hope. You are my hope. Let him know. You are my hope. Yeah, Lord, we can find some satisfactory things in this life. That, that's okay. But you are the only thing that will satisfy. In Jesus' name, we depend upon you not the size of our bank account, not the success of a business or a job. We don't need things like alcohol or substances to make us feel good or, or to take the edge off the day. You are our hope. I thank you, Jesus, for that. That our life is found in you and you alone. And Lord, we do long for your return. Come, Lord Jesus. Not because we have to get out of here, Lord. We want to be a light in this world. But we just long for the eternal reward that you are bringing. Thank you, Jesus. So wonderful. So true. Thank you. Listen, keep your eyes closed. You listen to me. I don't know why I feel like saying this. If you feel like you need that drink, you don't need that drink. need that. You, you quit trying to chase happiness and learn how to rest in the joy of the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? You know what I mean? All that stuff out there ultimately will not make you happy. And we got testimonies in this house that will tell you that straight truth right there. You need to learn how to rest in the joy of the Lord, the contentment that he is your hope. Not all this other stuff. Amen? Start to learn to rest in him. Slow down. Take time. Learn his presence. Call upon him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I think some of you in your hearts right now, the Holy Spirit's tugging on you. There's some things that you just need to start laying aside. Starts tonight. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prep it. The chair's in front of you. If not, wave your hand around and the ushers will come help you. Now, I'm, I'm going to put somebody on the spot here. I don't know if he's ready. Henry. Henry was not here Sunday to pray over tithe and offering. He was supposed to do it. Do you want to do it tonight for me? All right, come on, Henry. I, I saw him sitting back there. He was supposed to do it for for uh, one big family, but he couldn't make it on Sunday. I know he was bummed, but I was bummed too, but I want to give you a chance, okay? So are you ready? I know I'm putting you on the spot. You good? All right, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes, and, and Mr. Henry will pray over the offering. Jesus, we pray that you would just heal everybody's hearts in this room, that you would just make it to where we get enough money, that you would just heal everybody, that no one would get hurt, in this room or any time that they come to church, that you will just heal them. 
It's in name we pray, amen. Amen. Good job. Thanks, man. Well, you can bring it down if you have something tonight, down to the baskets down here. You can feel like a, feel like a, a Colin being pulled out of that boy's life, I think. It's what my spirit says. Amen. All right, so um, things you asked for, we're still there. This will be the last night we're going to do this. There are some things that, that I didn't get to during this series, but that's because uh, some of the things that people brought up they'd like to hear about um, are actually sort of in some plans of things coming up next year. So we'll get to some of that. So if you put something in there, it will eventually be hit at some point. But things you asked for, again, uh, not to keep kicking this dead horse, we did a survey a while ago. I asked in the survey, is there anything you'd like to uh, you know, hear a message about or hear talked about? I got a bunch of responses for that. So we've just been kind of going through these random subjects, uh, talking about some different things. By the way, next Wednesday, we have a guest speaker coming. I keep forgetting to say this. Uh, I'm, I'm just blanked on his name, John Javed. If I said it right, he's a pastor uh, that pastors a great congregation in Pakistan. And he's going to be in the States next week. He's going to be at, at the different Only Believe campuses. And he's coming here next Wednesday. So be sure, be sure to be here for that. He comes with, with a strong word, a, a strong ministry time. And uh, so anyways, be, be ready. And we, by the way, whenever we have a guest speaker outside of just the, the, the pastors within Only Believe that come, we always take up a, a guest speaker offering. Uh, so be prepared for that also. And uh, don't forget, I know a couple of things keep hitting my mind right now, and I'm thinking, don't forget that the, the uh, uh, shoebox uh, for Samaritan Purse is due a week from this Sunday, okay, so if you're participating in that. And then also, as we're in November, if you've been with us for, for a while, you know that every Thanksgiving, we take up what we call our Thanksgiving offering. It's sort of an extra Thanksgiving offering uh, for the goodness of God in our lives. But what we do every year at the, at, when we take up our Thanksgiving offering is designated towards a specific project. So how many have ever walked in the, uh, the north side of our building on that sidewalk? Did you notice it's like crumbling and falling apart? Well, anyways, that's our responsibility. It's not the city. We ask, you know. So this year's Thanksgiving offering is going to be designated towards in the spring, uh, repairing or replacing that sidewalk. So just so you know that. So if you, if you uh, want to give towards that, that's what that will be for. Anyways, okay, so uh, things you asked for. Somebody just put in the survey uh, two words, God's sovereignty. So we're going to hit God's sovereignty tonight. Now, I'm going to say this before I get into this. The subject of God's sovereignty is a big, huge, giant can of worms, which we cannot even begin to scratch the surface of on a Wednesday night, but we'll just scratch the surface tonight. It also not only is a giant can of worms, but it has like 100 rabbit trails that come running right out of it because there's a lot of different things you can talk about. And there's even uh, some debate about uh, the nature of God's sovereignty and how it plays out in history and uh, human lives. So we're just going to hit some basics about the sovereignty of God tonight. So I'm just going to give you a definition. So if you take notes, uh, you can just sort of write some things down as I'm, I'm going through this here. The sovereignty of God is this. It is the fact that he is Lord over creation. Okay, that, that's a basic way of saying God is sovereign. In other words, that he is absolute Lord over all things. And as he is sovereign then he has the right to exercise his rule. Pretty simple. So he is God. He is Lord over everything, and he has the absolute right to exercise that rule as he wishes. That, that's sort of a, a nutshell, a basic way of looking at the sovereignty of God. So his rule is exercised through his authority as king and Lord. Uh, ultimately, his control of all things. In other words, he will do everything that he wills. And then it comes down to people that his presence with, with the people he calls his own uh, and throughout creation uh, is one way that his sovereignty is enacted. 
So things that he decides are so are so. Put it that way. So in, in the Bible, God's most common name is Yahweh. But in our Bible, that is regularly translated the word Lord. And, and that's proper because uh, Lord simply means having power and authority over something. So in other words, sovereignty is God's lordship, his power, his authority over all things. If you, if you get to the New Testament, you'll see a, a, you know, statements like this. Uh, Paul would say, uh, Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. So, but we have some election uh, voting coming up in the next couple weeks. You want to hear the first step of my politics? I'm, I'm going to be political right now. Jesus is Lord and none of this other stuff is. That's my politics. Put my politics in a nutshell that I can say from the pulpit, that's it right there. Jesus is Lord and your favorite politician is not. That's God's sovereignty. Amen. Jesus is king of kings and nobody else is. There's, there's a lot of fake players out there. There's, there's a lot of people that want to be those things. As a matter of fact, uh, in the days of Jesus, the Caesar would be called Lord, would be called king, these kind of terms. So one of the reasons that the Christians got in trouble in the early, uh, in the early church wasn't because they believed in God. Because, by the way, Rome was full of all sorts of different beliefs, right? Christians were persecuted for what they believed because of what they said. It is, it's not that they believed in God or believed in the afterlife or something, but they were pretty much saying, I pledge allegiance to Jesus and not the rulers that you see here. That's what got them in trouble. They were in trouble because of their politics. So Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. That is another way of saying Jesus is sovereign. He is literally Lord of all things. And if he chooses to exercise certain things, he will do so. So when it comes to the word control, let's just talk about this for a second. Yes, God is ultimately in control of all things, but God does not control you. You have free will. But everything will ultimately go according to God's plan and intention. That's his sovereignty. He doesn't override man's free will, but his ultimate plan does go forth. But even in man's free will, he is given the option of salvation if he chooses to respond to the goodness of God that is in the plan of God, yet we can still reject that. Now, now here, by the way, you'll fall into cans of worms, rabbit trails of arguments of predestination versus free will and different things like that. But ultimately, God's plan and his intention will come to pass. And you can't stop it. He's sovereign. He is Lord, and he exercises his will as he chooses. That, that is why, by the way, have you noticed prophecies in the Bible? Hundreds of prophecies that have come true. How can something be prophesied and it come true? Because God is sovereign, and his plan is moving forward. How can you read about things at the end of the book of Revelation, like Revelation 20, 21, 22, so forth, 21? How, how do we know these things are going to happen? Because God is sovereign, and his plan is going to come to pass. Amen. So let, let's just hit some different things about the sovereignty of God, some verses. So you can start right in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. You don't have to turn there. In the beginning, God created if you believe God created, then you have to believe he's sovereign. You realize that when God creates, he stands outside of his creation, is not limited in his creation. He's sovereign. God is not restricted by his creation. He's not restricted by time. He stands outside of time. That's why he can do things like prophesy. Right? So God is sovereign. Well, he's creator. Ephesians chapter 1, 
uh, verse number seven. Just, just a couple little uh, phrases in, in what Paul is writing here. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known the mystery of his what? His will. Which is according to what? His purpose. Which he set forth in Christ, Watch this. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. You, you, you see the wording there. That God has a will. He has a purpose. And God has a plan. And these things cannot be fully worked out unless God is actually sovereign. Right? That's just kind of one way of seeing the sovereignty of God. 1 Peter chapter 3. In verse 22. Talking about Jesus. It says, who? Jesus has gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God, his position of power and authority, with angels, authority, and powers having been subjected to him. How is that possible? The sovereignty of God. He is ruler over all things. Let me tell you, and this was the verse we were in last Wednesday. But Philippians chapter 2, let's go back there. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Now, how many knees is that? Every one of them. Every knee will bow. Every single one. The Christian knee will bow. The atheist knee will bow. The Muslim knee will bow. The Buddhist knee will bow. Right? You can think of every knee there is. It's going to bow. And watch this then, in heaven and on earth and on the earth, and then what? Every tongue confess. How many tongues is that? The Christian tongue, the atheist tongue, right down the line, right? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What is that? That's God's sovereignty. He's Lord, and at some point, his will is going to happen in the fullness of it. See that? One more, Revelation 20. Verse 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And from his presence, earth and sky fled away. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death. The lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. How can God judge in that way? Because he's sovereign. And he's Lord of all. Just by a simple fact that God is going to judge and there is a heaven which will be a new heaven and new earth. And there is a hell which will be thrown in the lake of fire. And that's eternal just by the fact that those things happen, show that God is sovereign, he is Lord, and he is king, and his will will be done. Okay, so there's no question to this. For those that believe in him, his sovereignty comes with it. He is God, 
By the way, he is God. As much as man tries, we are not. The political systems that we set up, and some of them aren't necessarily the worst, but none of them are the kingdom of God. You realize when Jesus comes back, he's not going to pick a political system. At, we're just going to go with this one. No, the kingdom's coming, and it's much better than anything we have. Right? Everything will come into his lordship in a way of realization if it has not been by that time. Why? Because he is sovereign. He is king, and he is lord over all. That's the sovereignty of God. So, so some little side thoughts about this. First of all, the authority of God is absolute. And there's nothing that trumps it. The authority of God is absolute. The wisdom of God is the wisdom that comes from who he is. And it flows because you come into a realization, as the beginning of Proverbs will tell you, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Why? Because when you have that healthy reverence and fear of God, you understand in a certain way that he's sovereign, he is king, and he is Lord. And then you'll learn wisdom because you submit to him. Now he can give you wisdom. So his wisdom flows from, from an idea that he is who he is. He's sovereign. One of the amazing things about the sovereignty of God is that um, even though he's sovereign, he's personal with us in presence, and that's amazing. That's one of the things about God that should blow your mind. <clears throat> if, if the sovereignty of God, the things we're talking about, can capture your curiosity and your imagination, that God is who he is, and then, then, then on the flip side of it, you come, but then that same God wants to know me personally, oh my goodness, that should blow your mind. Salvation. Now, here's what's the amazing thing about God. A little side note about his sovereignty here. Jesus, when he get, came, being fully man and fully God, but Philippians chapter 2 says that he laid it down to enter the human race to save us. That's how amazing God is. That he would come into the limitations of the human race in order to save us. Right? But he did so in, within the framework of his sovereignty. Entering our world, listen, to suffer in order to save us. My goodness. But those things happen because of his great wisdom. So when it seems like the world is careening out of control, you can just bring up what's happening with, with Israel and, and uh, Palestine and certainly within that the Hamas right now. Um, if that did not happen, if what's been going on, what, maybe for a month now or three weeks now, we could have talked about other stuff. When it seems like the world is creating out of control, don't forget the sovereignty of God. Because the plan of God, which may actually include those things, by the way, let me just say that. You just don't know. It's going to happen. In other words, God has not lost his grip on things. Now, you can think about that worldwide. You can also think about that personally. God has not lost his grip on things. He is still sovereign. And the things that he says will be, they will be. Is it uh, Julian of Norwich? I won't tell you about her. You can look her up. I'm trying to think of the exact quote. She says this. And all shall be well, and all shall be well, and the manner of things shall be well. simple 
But she, she's grasping something there with the sovereignty of God. And all shall be well, and all shall be well, and the manner of things shall be well. You can tell by the verbiage that was probably a couple hundred years ago. I don't know. Whatever she said. How can you say that when it seems like the world is careening out of control? She didn't see my bank account. I don't know what she's talking about. She wasn't with me at my last doctor's appointment. I don't know what she's talking about. Right? She hasn't spent a day with my kids. I don't know what she's talking about. You see what I'm getting at? Now, listen. God hasn't lost control. See, part of our hope is this understanding of the sovereignty of God. That, that when we read, let's, let's, go back, let's go back to Revelation. Revelation uh, 21. Let's see. And 21 and verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. In other words, the book of Revelation, monsters and stuff came out of the sea. That's not going to be there anymore. It's symbolic of what's being written there. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne, the sovereign one, said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said, Write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. And all shall be well, and all shall be well, and the manner of thing shall be well. Because God is sovereign. And what he said will be true. Do you believe that? Now, let me tell you something. If you believe that, I, I always say this. If you believe, if you, I'm telling you, you really believe in the life to come, it'll help you with your life today. Think about that. If you really believe what we, what's on the screen in Revelation right there, if you really believe in the life to come, It'll help you with your life today. Because now I've got perspective of what the sovereignty of God is doing. No, the world is not creating out of control. It's just being the world. But God is still there. He's still working his plan. And this is where we're going. Amen? So if you really believe in the life to come, I encourage you to dwell on it, think about it, let your imagination run with it. What will it be like? Think about that. Your imagination can just go wild with this. What will it be like with a new heaven and new earth that is joined once again, that was separated by sin, but all new? There'll be no more death. You know what that means? No more getting older. No more bodies breaking down. Right? There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more mourning. And think about then what causes pain won't be there. What causes us to mourn won't be there anymore. What causes tears to come in a, in a way that's hurtful? Those things won't be there anymore. Your imagination can go, my goodness, wow. And you know what I'm saying? 
That's where we're headed. That's the sovereignty of God in action. So, yeah, it may seem like the world gets out of control. It may seem like sometimes your life gets out of control. But no, 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 God has not lost control. He's going to bring to pass what he said. So we see that. Now I have perspective. It's going to be okay. So I'll say, I'll say sometimes, I can't promise you your life's going to be great tomorrow, but I promise you it's going to be okay. I can say that. I can't guarantee your next week's going to be perfect, but listen, listen, it's going to be okay. Because God is at work. Amen? Is it hard to see the work of God sometimes? Yep. But don't ever doubt that he's working. That his plan is moving forward. Amen? All right, that's that's maybe a a snapshot, the sovereignty of God. Grab hold of that. If if there's, if if I could list, if I could make a list of of 10 things as a pastor that I want my congregation to grasp, within that top 10, I'd have to think about it, but within that top 10, I guarantee on, on there would be perspective. If I could get you to grasp perspective, it would help you so much, so much, and that's the perspective. Amen? Okay. I won't jibber-jabber anymore. Let's close up. So how about this? Let's get perspective. Just think about it. New heaven, new earth. Think about it. you imagine the joy? Imagine, imagine the joy of the resurrection. I've, I've heard this said. I know I'm jibber-jabbering. Anyways, I heard this said. That though, especially for those that have, have experienced such hardship in life and such mourning in life, it's almost like those times have dug deeper caverns within you that will experience a greater feeling of joy when all things are made new. Imagine the joy of the resurrection, seeing our past loved ones fully in health. Imagine the issues that we have in life that we struggle with and we're believing God to take care of and but it's going to get taken care of. No more of that stuff. Imagine that. Imagine then knowing God more and being able to see him face to face. You know what I mean? Perspective. Let's grab those things. Lord, we thank you that you are going to make all things new. We're headed there. The kingdom is working. Lord, I know there's a lot of troublesome things in this world. I know sometimes people wonder why you haven't come yet. That's because you haven't finished with us being a light in this world just yet. Why haven't you come yet? Because there's still some tears that, that are going to become wheat. There's salvations to come. People that need you. Lord, I pray as we're waiting and as we're being the light in this world and we're being a part of the, uh, the workforce of, of the harvest, that we have a settled contentment in our hearts that you are God, you are creator, you are Lord, and all things are working to your plan. And we thank you for that. Bring that contentment to our heart, that peace, in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen, amen. All right, so... Here, here's, here's a quick thing, real quick. Um, Sunday morning, we're going to continue our series on questions that God asks. And we're going to visit him with Elijah uh, when he asks Elijah a question. 
Elijah, what are you doing here? Ask him a question. There's a reason he asked him that question, because he was running from Jezebel, fearing for his life, and fell into a depression. We're going to talk about it. And God asked him, what are you doing here? I want to talk about that Sunday. So I encourage you to invite somebody to church. We put out some new invite cards right where Johnny's standing. You can check those out. Pick one of those up, invite somebody to church this Sunday, and uh, we will see you there. And as you leave tonight, they still have apple pie left over from the thing on Sunday, so have some more pie. Um, and, and Matthew brought donuts, so have some donuts. Anyway, so have a good night. We'll see you Sunday morning. Bring a friend out.